This is Project 1521. I'm Adolfo Guzman Lopez. Today is June 28, 2021. I'm one of the Project 1521 writers who've come together for nearly three years, exploring the 500 years since the conquest of Mexico. On today's show, we'll get an update from the GoFundMe campaign that we've set up so you can help us publish the first three books in our series. You'll also hear some of the writing that's come out of our workshops before and after the pandemic. This is writing that's focused on the conquest of Mexico 500 years ago and our current times. You're listening to this podcast, but make sure you've subscribed and help us spread the word by telling your friends to subscribe. Look for our GoFundMe link in the podcast description. First up, Project 1521 member Yago Kura with an update about the GoFundMe campaign. Hey there, uh, this is Yago Kura, owner of Inchas Press and keeper of the GoFundMe campaign. Uh, currently, we're at 13% for our fundraising goal of 6,000. First of all, we wanted to thank Ernestina Osario, for stepping up and joining our family of donors. We have nine more weeks left to reach our goal. Uh, you can find the GoFundMe link in the podcast description. Um, joining our family of GoFundMe donors has its advantages. Um, with at least $20 donation, uh, you will receive an ebook copy and a thank you acknowledgement in our first publication. You will not be forgotten uh, when it's ready for distribution this summer. If you would like an actual copy of the book, please donate at least 25 and we will ship it to you anywhere in the continental United States. You will also receive the thank you acknowledgement, obviously. For every GoFundMe donation, you will receive additional perks and Easter eggs like pictures, videos, special recordings, and links. For example, you could be looking at Sandy Rodriguez's paintings as she describes them in the podcast. Exclusive videos from various Project 1521 readings or targeted donor videos that will give you insight to our writings. Uh, we'll be adding additional prizes and gifts as our fundraising efforts expand and grow. The main question in fundraising is always, why should I give? Well, first of all, we are an independent group of veteran writers and artists who are creating incredible work. Uh, many times when people find a genuinely just interesting talent, they would like to capture the essence of their work and their publication. Well, our cadre of poets and artists have been focused and creating this work for almost three years. These culminations from 10 writers and artists will be in these publications, but also for sale at various museums and galleries nationwide, where Sandy's work will be featured in the next 18 months. You can proudly display your own copy and say, yeah, I helped fund that then point to your name inside the book. Once again, help us reach our goal by donating. You can find the GoFundMe link in the podcast description. Donate today and become family. The Project 1521 writers are not monolithic. We aren't from one ethnicity, one background, nor one social experience. Each brings experiences from different parts of the country and the world. Armine Ignadosian is a Project 1521 writer She's a poet and Los Angeles Writing Project fellow. Here's a piece she wrote, followed by a conversation between me and another writer in the group. Today, right now, colonization, destruction, genocide is happening as I write this. 
the shame and reality of the inhumane treatment of refugees in the U.S. border towns, apartheid in Israel, genocide in Myanmar, Armenia's sovereignty being threatened by Turkey and Azerbaijan, black citizens being murdered by police in the U.S., indigenous women missing in large numbers, maquiladora workers being kidnapped and killed in Juarez. We look back to the history of North and South America 500 years ago, and we see the same actions and motivations that drive imperialism today all over the world. Victimizing indigenous peoples, burning their sacred texts, trying to erase the Nahuatl language, making it illegal to write, paint, make medicine. As writers and artists, we come together to destroy imperialist mindsets, white supremacy, and colonialism. We come together to honor the artists and scribes who came before us, to light up their legacy in the dark room of ignorance. Being unsilenced, speaking truth to power, giving back to the people who are from this land. These themes and actions are more important than ever. I especially relate to Sandy's painting of the mountains with shadows of a woman and child running, which represents the municipal yellow signs on the freeways near the Mexico-California border, warning drivers to be careful. That image was seared into my memory from childhood, visiting San Diego, seeing those ominous signs, wondering why those families were fleeing. Myself, a political refugee from Lebanon at only four years old. I did not understand back then that there were refugees everywhere. Diana and Sandy explained how the Tlaquilos were also under pressure to produce texts while living through hardship. We lived during a pandemic and we continued to create. Creation is necessary to balance the scales. Armina's power of stripping it all back and any one of us any one of us anywhere we are it's okay you can talk you can say you can be in your own way and know what's happening and say what you see and I love that about her words and her work hello Sarah Harris hello Adolfo Guzman Lopez so uh, what else did you think about Armine's piece? I mean, I have experienced Armine reading in a space, and I have read her poems on the page, and I think that um, she is, and I've seen her on Zoom, which is so, you know, as we all know, it's it's almost become a, you know, it's a contrite and trite trope to say, you know, your Zoom presence is this. But I have to say that I, when I see her and feel her presence through the screen, it's almost like I feel like I can re- reach out and touch her. Um, and it's the power of her words. 
and it's the power of the energy that she imbues. Um, and there's something about this statement to me that really resonated, which is, um, this last sentence, we come together to honor the artists and scribes who came before us to light up their legacy in the dark room of ignorance. And when I, I think of that and I hear that the dark room of ignorance, you know, the dark room as someone who works in film and photography, the dark room is the place where you form the image. The dark room is the place where you take the film yet to be revealed with the aspiration that what you saw through the viewfinder during the light of day will come out in the way that you thought it would. And yet, when she speaks of it this way, the dark room of ignorance is actually talking about the engaño and the the Breitbarts among us, about the twisting of information and what can happen in that dark room and that it can be a dark space. And that's so ugly and so beautiful at the same time. And that's Armine. That is her work. And I love it. She mentions um, cities, right? She lists Ciudad Juarez, um, the country of Myanmar, um, and and what I my takeaway from that is that she's saying that like no time in the past we're able to see, hear, and to an extent feel the pain in American cities, Mexican cities, Southeast Asian cities, and 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 what I think I'm I'm hearing her say too is that if we if through the platforms we're able to be connected to those cities and the, the, you know, killing of women and the genocides and the disruption and, and, and attack on cultures, we should be able to connect to that experience 500 years ago when the indigenous culture of central Mexico fell under Spanish conquest, right? The beginning of a siege, of a, of a language, of writing, a way of life. Um, I, th- I think she, she's prompting us to, to travel in time through the, this ability for us to be connected in, in different places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And giving back to the people who are from this land. Um, and, you know, from this land... What does that really mean? Uh, you know, you can be of this land, you can be having arrived at this land, and you can really be from this land as those who've been rested from it or attempted to have been rested from it um, by others who have come to take. And, you know, in Mexico, it's a it's part of the everyday understanding. It's embedded in the fabric of life. Um, in California, in the United States, we may forget, and Sandy reminds us that 
we are all part of the tejido of la indígena, lo mestizo, everything that is what was wrested from. And I think Armine really hits on that. And reading that from her makes me want to share a poem, if I may, Adolfo. Go for it. Um, it's inspired by, by her phrase, unconditional love. What if not the land, receiving the hand of a child stumbling in her plight? What if not the land, rained on for years by tears, washing over invisible stains of futures in flight? What if not the land holding us under a sun so furious as the solstice of summer singes all plans? What if not the land commands our unconditional love? What if a morning dove lands in a tree where it ought not to be and the land would stand up raising her hands toward the sky, asking, why has it taken you so long to arrive? What if the land is dying to thrive? What if the land will always survive? That's really powerful, Sarah, because in the last couple of years when Armine, you, me, the uh dozen or so members of Project 1521 have been coming together in workshops. We've been learning about uh, the Florentine Codex, this document written in the 1570s, already 50 years after the, the fall of Tenochtitlan, the Aztec Empire. So the indigenous hands that created it, that the Tlaquilos, the scribes and painters, um, they used all natural dyes. They used methods. Uh, they used dyes that they had been using for hundreds, if if not thousands, of years for their own uh, their own codices that were burned fifty years before. But now, at the direction of a Spanish priest, um, were documenting their language, their history, their cosmology, but also their um, view of conquest, not only in the in writing, but also in the colors. And those colors are so tied to the land. And that's one of the things Sandy Rodriguez has been doing is she has been studying these methods of creating these dyes and how to fix the dyes. And the meat and the anamagaloni, um, you know, has researched the meaning of the different colors. So that that's that's really powerful, um, Sarah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I mean, I really believe that the marriage between what we call science and the historic herencia of the yerbas and las plantas la tierra and the the great grandmother who teaches us i do believe that that is the way forward um and i think we're all seeing that actually now without it being commodified without it being something that is a transactional 
relationship and the work that we're doing, and especially Sandy as a conduit, an actual testimonial conduit is allowing for that conversation to happen in a way that is unquestionable because it has the force of poetry behind it. And when you have the force of poetry behind something, uh, look out. You and I uh, were both around in the early 90s when this uh, yellow freeway sign popped up in in San Diego County with uh, the, fe- you know, three, a mother, uh, a male and female and a child. And it was, you know, kind of running across, right? And it was put in places when, where migrants were crossing the freeway. Some of, some of them were killed because of uh, the freeway traffic. Um, and here, Armine, uh, did you catch that? That Armine makes a reference to that. Yeah, Adolfo. I mean, what can I say about that? That um, she says that image was seared into my memory from childhood. Uh, that image was seared into my memory from the way that it resembles a sign in upstate New York for a deer crossing, and that's powerful. Why? Because um, the dehumanizing aspect of it, but also, actually, the connection aspect of it, because we are connected to the animal and spiritual world. And I do believe that under the repressive impetus of California um, legislation trying to push back the inevitable arrival of all of us who belong here in the great state of California, I do believe that they didn't understand the visual communication that they were involved in. And so when I, when I read Armine's, you know, and I hear her say how much that impressed her as a child who herself fled as a refugee with her family. She was that little girl with those braids. Um, You know, she was that child. And yet she survives and thrives and calls upon all of us to create. You know, creation comes from those bizarre, perverse contexts that we see out the window on the freeway as a four-year-old. And don't forget that, people. Listen to that. Think about that. And let your children have those moments, please, because that's what we're all made of here. So when are we going to hear some more of your writing uh, that you've done for Project 1521? My writing is coming up in Futurelandia. Look forward to it. I am so looking forward to sharing it with all of you. And thank you, Sandy, Adolfo, Iago, Darren, Linda, um, everybody who's contributed to our GoFundMe. It's, it's important. That's how we keep this thing going. Um, and it's a joy and an honor. Thank you. Mil gracias.
it was March 2020, and the Project 1521 crew held a reading for Sandy Rodriguez's art exhibit at the Charlie James Gallery in L.A.'s Chinatown. It was days before the shutdown, the quarantine, and everything else. Here's Project 1521 writer Linda Ravenswood de Montaño in that gallery, surrounded by Sandy's paintings. Linda's piece was inspired by portraits of migrant children who died while in U.S. custody. You will not be forgotten, nor ever. Though you return to air and earth, you will be in the dawn again. Braided into our bread, our ox bones will bear the need of you, the essential you. Our leaves and trees will increase with you. We will imbibe of you. Our river water will increase because of you. We will imbibe of you in night. You, the remanded, you, the blighted, the swept, you, the medicine for our children, though no star shattered to feed you in the tremor of your hour of need. Your mother's hands, a fury, a cloud, all fastness to bring you over the eternal recurrence of your gift, your footprint, your small foot on the place Every desert plant and I will become you. You will be remembered. You will not be forgotten. You. Your useful voice will sing in our desert again. Your child call and your ghost wisdom. Your strength to withstand conquest your ancient battalion against bronze, heavy hand, a pressure sacrilegious from outside of you, your strength to rebuild the tower of our people. Over and again, you are ironweed. Your night, your time under glass, Though your throat was closed, it will be the tributary. The medicine of your veins will speak the healing. Your body will return the protection of which you were robbed. Your body the breakers. Your body the rock. Your body the breath. Your body the night. Your body the safety, your body the light, your body the tunnel of grass, your body the place, your body our coven, your body is our wood until you become everything. Linda's poetry will be part of the Project 1521 books we're planning to publish. But to do that, you need to join our family of donors. Please click on the GoFundMe link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening. Join us on Mondays for new episodes.